It's wonderful to share this time with you. It's always a great honor to be able to share with my spiritual brethren from CSA and also with those that are just coming to the path. <clears throat> so the topic of my workshop today is the disidentification with the false self. And really, yoga as the process of the disidentification with the false self. Mr. Davis emphasized <clears throat> this teaching. In fact, he said often that the primary cause of suffering and spiritual ignorance is a mistaken sense of self-identity or the reason that we suffer and experience spiritual ignorance is because we are identified with the false self. Now, <clears throat> when I say false self, I am including anything that we can identify with that we aren't. The body, the mind, the personality, the ego. So everything that is observable, I'm calling the false self. Okay. Now, the word false has a, a negative connotation. We don't, we don't need to view... Uh, <laughs> the body, the mind, the personality, the ego in a, in a negative way or as something that uh, must be transcended completely. That's a very life-negating, self-defeating attitude to have for the body, the mind, the personality, the ego, and all these things. So it's not helpful to look upon the body, the mind, the personality, and so forth as something bad. <clears throat> I use the term false self because we need to differentiate between the true self with a capital S, which is our eternal, pure nature as pure existence being, and the false self with a lowercase s that we are typically identified with. <clears throat> so Mr. Davis emphasized this part of, of his teaching. And he said often that human suffering and spiritual ignorance comes about as a result of a mistaken sense of self-identity. We identify with things that we are not. And this causes a great deal of ignorance spiritually. And it also causes our suffering. Why do we suffer? Well, in, in Buddhism, for example, there's an emphasis on desires. 
and the Buddha said that, that we suffer because we have desires. And that if we can um, transcend all of our desires, then we can end our suffering. But one must ask the question, what is it that desires? Who is this desirer? <clears throat> and, and, and if we explore this, we'll find that in fact, in order to transcend our desires, we first have to disidentify with that which has desires. We suffer because we are identified with the sufferer. We, we suffer because of an intellectual error or an error of perception or an error of identification. We suffer because we're identified with a person that suffers. We suffer because we are identified with a sufferer. However, through the practice of superconscious meditation, Kriya Yoga and superconscious meditation, we begin to discover that <clears throat> we are in fact that which observes the sufferer. We are in fact that which observes a person that is suffering. And we are not in fact the person that is suffering. We are the observer or witness of a person that may or may not be suffering. But unfortunately, <clears throat> the vast majority of hum humans identify with a person that suffers and that has problems and issues and obstacles and trials and tribulations and so on and so forth. And so because we are identified with a person that suffers, we suffer. If we can disidentify with a person that is suffering, we can observe the person as they suffer. And we create this space in between our, our observing consciousness and whatever we happen to be observing. And we can use our discernment and we can discern the difference between what we are actually as the observer, as this pure consciousness, and the things that we observe that are fleeting and changing and temporary and finite. And yoga really is, is the process of disidentifying with everything we're not. So that ultimately we can experience union with what we are. And so what, what is the false self? What, what are some components of the false self? Or how, how does this trick of Maya, of the great illusion, how, how does this happen? How do we get lured in <clears throat> to identifying with a temporary body-mind personality composite? And, and what do we typically identify with? 
our name, our face, uh, our body, our nationality, our ethnicity, our gender, um, our race, uh, our career, our social status, our class, our job, our college degrees, our friends, our family, the subgroups that we belong to and participate in, our attachments, our aversions, our religion, so on and so forth. And also something that I'm seeing, um, a, a trend I'm seeing right now, even within, within seekers, is a strong identification with opinions and beliefs. Opinions and beliefs make up a large part of the false self. And um, and especially right now, obviously with everything that's going on in the world, <clears throat> a lot of strong opinions and beliefs are triggered and people identify strongly with their uh, opinions and beliefs and 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 it's 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 a very clever trick that maya plays or that the illusion plays on us um, but we, we we need to understand we are not our beliefs we are not our opinions and that actually these strong opinions and beliefs help to solidify the false self. They feed the false self. The false self loves to have strong, rigid uh, beliefs and opinions. So <clears throat> the false self is, is fed by all of these identities and identifications that we have. Okay. So that's, that's the false self. Anything that we can observe as observers and so then what is, what, is, what is the true self, the observer? Pure consciousness. In the yoga tradition, we call it the Atman. Pure loving awareness that never changes, never suffers, never dies. It is our true, lasting, eternal nature. <clears throat> when we can live from that place, we can live without much suffering and we're free. So these identities and identifications keep us trapped, keep us mired in the false self, keep us mired in Maya. So I want to read something from, from Mr. Davis. This comes out of the spring 2019, Radiance. And here, Mr. Davis is talking about the ego and identification with, with the ego. So I'm gonna read a few <clears throat> paragraphs here. I think they'll be helpful. 
An ego is a viewpoint from which we can view external events and subjective mental and emotional states and relate to them. The ego of most people is modified and distorted by memories, opinions, and changing emotions. Confusion about what an ego is, is common. Word sources sometimes mistakenly define it as self-esteem, self-admiration, confidence, or an attitude of pride. Some people think that their ego must be banished or transcended to allow spiritual enlightenment to be experienced. Although ego identification is absent during meditative transcendence, we express through it when we interact with events and relationships. When we are self-aware, we express through our ego, not as it. I'll, I'll read that one more time. When we are self-aware, self with a capital S, we express through our ego, not as it. Huge world of difference. It is helpful to clearly define words we use. Ego is a misperception of self-identity. An understanding of it can enable us to creatively express with and through it. Egoism is strong identification with our ego. So this is really what we're talking about here, egoism, okay? Mr. Davis says, egoism is strong identification with our ego. It confines our awareness, limits functional abilities, may result in neurotic mental attitudes and behaviors, and is the basic cause of lack of spiritual awareness or self-forgetfulness. Let me repeat that. Egoism is a strong identification with our ego. It confines our awareness, limits functional abilities, may result in neurotic mental attitudes and behaviors, and is the basic cause of lack of spiritual awareness. There you have it. Yeah? As always, super, super clear from Mr. Davis. Egoism, which is the identification with the ego, is the basic cause of lack of spiritual awareness so if we can solve that one problem really focus hone in on that that one issue it will help tremendously in our awakening he goes on to say that egotism is an inflated or exaggerated attitude of self-importance often characterized by arrogance pride willfulness willfulness and inclinations to dominate or control circumstances and or the thoughts, emotions, and behaviors of others. Rather than renounce ego, we can learn to express through it while being inwardly established in self-awareness. Egoism can be dissolved by improving our knowledge of our true nature and ultimate reality. And egotism can be cured by acknowledging its uselessness and growing to emotional and spiritual maturity. The Sanskrit word for ego is ahamkara uh, from the, the root words kr, kra, same as kriya and karma, which means action or a cause that produces an effect, and aham, which means I-ness, so identity, okay? So yeah, what we're really talking about here is egoism, which is a strong identification <clears throat> with the ego or the false self. So I'm going to 
give you three techniques that you can use in your sadhana to disidentify with the false self. So the first technique I recommend is to meditate on the five koshas. Kosha um, basically means layer. In the yoga tradition, there are five layers of our being that cover up our soul or true nature. Okay? And this this cosmology comes to us from a 3,000-year-old Upanishad, the Taittiriya Upanishad. We find this cosmology of the five koshas or the five layers or dimensions of our, our being. They are the Anamaya Kosha, which is the body, the Pranamaya Kosha, which is our astral body or energetic self, energetic layer, the Mana Maya Kosha or Mano Maya Kosha is the mind, the Vignana Maya Kosha is generally translated as the wisdom sheath or wisdom layer, and the Ananda Maya Kosha, which is the bliss sheath, okay? Now, that one's a little bit trickier, but the first four we can use in our meditation practice to to disidentify with each one of those layers, observable layers. So I recommend, you know, practice some pranayama, calm the mind, calm the body, and then bring your attention and awareness first to the anamaya kosha or the physical body and simply observe whatever sensations might be occurring in the body at the time. Maybe there's a little bit of discomfort, pain, um, or just whatever, whatever sensations might be occurring in the body, the breath. We observe that objectively with dispassionate objectivity. We observe, we observe whatever might be happening in the body objectively. Then we move on to the energetic body. And we observe emotions and energies that are occurring within us at the time. So maybe there's some unsettled emotional occurrences. Or maybe there's some strange energies that you're feeling. You may even be feeling really great energies. You want to observe those too in the same exact uh, way. And so you observe the emotions, you observe the energies occurring in the pranamaya kosha. And you detach awareness from this, detach identification from that observable phenomenon. Then you move on to the mind and you observe the thoughts and memories that might be occurring at the mental layer. And you detach your awareness from those. You detach your identification from mental phenomenon. You then move on to the Vignana Maya Kosha. And here, um, I recommend at this point to, to observe your individuality. Draw all of your attention and awareness to your separateness your individual, separate, limited ego self. And then attempt to sever 
your identity with this individual. Practicing this technique doesn't necessarily mean that, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm meditating, I'm going to disidentify with these things. And at, at the end, I, I, I will disappear in, into Nirvikalpa Samadhi every time. Uh, might not happen every time you, you practice this technique. But it doesn't matter. Because just going through the motions of, of, of practicing this disidentification with each layer of your being will result in long-term meditative success. Another technique that you can use, this one's a little odd, but I, I do recommend to try it, is talking in the third person. You can try this for a day, for a few days. I wouldn't do it around anyone that um, might, might think you're crazy and uh, want to send you somewhere. <laughs> uh, but if you're around people you can trust, family, friends, things of that nature, and even with your own thoughts, you, 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 you can think in the third person. For example, instead of saying, I'm, I'm so hungry right now, I say, Chris is hungry. Instead of saying, oh, I'm so tired, I say, Chris is tired right now. Instead of saying, oh, I'm so angry at her, you say, oh, Chris, Chris is angry right now. Chris is experiencing some anger. It sounds silly, but this, this will begin to create some separation in between this person that you are for a few decades and what you actually are, which lasts forever. Okay? So if you, if you can talk in the third person like that, you will be, begin to create at least some intellectual separation in between what you are as the observer, the observing consciousness, and this thing that you're observing, that you're, for whatever reason, identified with for a few decades. Okay? So I recommend to do that. So every time you want to use the word I or me or mine, replace it with your name. Talk in the third person. Create space. Create distance. It's helpful. I promise. Another great technique uh, to use, I used to use this <clears throat> when I first started meditating and I found it really effective and that is to affirm everything that you are not as soon as you sit to meditate you affirm everything that you're not so you say I am not my body I'm not my mind I'm not my personality I'm not my likes and dislikes I'm not my attachments and aversions. I'm not my karma. I'm not my tendencies. I'm not my habits. Uh, all these things that we tend to get hung up on, identified with. So you affirm that. <clears throat> you, you, you can even write down a list if you'd like. I, I did that. When I first started meditating, I wrote down a list of Everything that I could think of that I, that I typically identify with that, that I'm not. And so as soon as I would start meditating, I, I, I would read off that list with my eyes open. I would just read it out loud and affirm it. I'm not my body. I'm not my face. I'm not my name. You know, I'm not my family heritage. I'm not my blah, blah. And, and, you, and you go forth like that. 
And so you affirm everything that you're not. After that, if you would like to positively affirm what you are, you can. If that's helpful for you, if you want to say, I am pure, unlimited, loving, infinite consciousness that, that does not suffer, that is always a peace. So you, you, you can positively affirm what you are also, if you would like. Or after you've, you affirm everything that you're not, you can practice vichara, which is sort of like con- contemplative prayer or contemplation, deep meditative contemplation. And you can ask yourself the question, what am I? And, and wait in the, in the silence and stillness for a response. This is a technique that uh, Ramana Maharshi <clears throat> popularized. Although his question was, who am I? And Mr. Davis um, always told us that it's much better to ask what am I because when we ask who am I, this word who uh, is more associated with a a personality self, a limited small self, isn't it? Who am I? So he always said to, to, to ask a bigger question, a more inclusive, broader question, what am I? What am I? Really, what am I? And so you can ask that question internally And you can sit in the silence and wait for an answer. Sometimes you get an answer immediately. Sometimes uh, when you ask these questions, you'll be reading something a week later and suddenly you have this insight. Oh my gosh, that's the answer to my question. Or sometimes it might be five, 10 years down the road until you get an answer from your contemplative questions. And that's okay. We have to be patient and wait patiently for a response. So those three things, I I recommend to practice meditating with the five koshas and you disidentify with each layer one at a time. Um, uh, Practice speaking in the third person or think in the third person. And, And this affirmation technique where we affirm everything that we're not as we begin our meditation practice of course the the permanent solution to this misidentification is full complete self and god realization when we're thus realized we no longer identify with any kind of limited finite changing, fleeting, temporary uh, self. But all these techniques will definitely help. Okay? <clears throat> so, uh, that, that concludes my, my workshop. Unless there are questions, I'd be happy to open it up for uh, questions if anybody has anything they'd like to ask. Cool. All right. Well, I think we ended in a, in a good place then. And so thank you so much uh, for taking the time to listen, for your attention. And 
I wish you all a wonderful rest of your day and a wonderful rest of uh, your online retreat here with Center for Spiritual Awareness. Namaste. Thank you so much.